Hello, my name is Taylor Marsh, and welcome to Sacred to Psychic. I'm a thriller writer. My women characters live where there are few safe spaces. I delve in the hidden spaces in the mind, surfing dark shadows. These are themes of disruption, especially when sacred outreach taps psychic portals. This is my playground. Here we go. The BBC starts us out today as we discuss the disciples of power camps in the Trump era. Now, there are many of those who aid and abet the man in the White House who is gaslighting this country and trying to destroy the idea of America. We saw that last week. If you haven't listened to my June 1 podcast, the podcast last week uh, about June 1, you will want to do that because it'll really give you an idea of where we're going from here. Uh, But uh, the BBC starts us off, and here's the quote to settle you in. It's not always enough to lean in because that expletive doesn't work, Mrs. Obama says. So I'm going to read on from this BBC article. Mr. Zuckerberg and Facebook's board have said they stand by Ms. Sanford, resisting calls for her to step down. But when former First Lady Michelle Obama used uncharacteristically loose language to dismiss Ms. Sandberg's career advice catchphrase, lean in, she seemed to underline just how far Ms. Sandberg's star had fallen. Some of the anger directed at Ms. Sandberg makes sense, the article says. Ms. Sandberg, who helped develop Google's ad business before joining Facebook as chief operating officer in 2008, is a key architect of the world of online advertising. That industry is now reeling from a series of scandals related to the collection of personal data, election interference by foreign governments, and discriminatory complaints. Ms. Sandberg has overseen Facebook's response to the controversy, which has seen the firm publicity pledging to do better while privately hiring a hard-nosed opposition firm, research firm, to investigate critics and competitors. The strategy has failed to quell the criticism. Facebook's market value has plunged by nearly $200 billion since July, and this Shame on you, Cheryl. I believed in you. I leaned in. You are a fraud. You were supposed to be the adult supervision, but you are just another corrupt corporate shill. One woman, Carol, wrote recently on Ms. Sandberg's, uh, Sandberg's Facebook page. Now, I have been very vocal. Uh, I'll read a little bit more of that, but... Um, you know, it really hit me when I saw this quote from Mrs. Obama, and I'm going to I'm going to read it again. It's not always enough to lean in because that expletive doesn't work, Mrs. Obama says. Nobody would know that better than an African American woman who has lived her life in America. I would venture to guess that uh, every woman who wants a career in entertainment has leaned in 
Have you seen a plethora of black faces on the TV in movies? All you have to do is uh, listen to Spike Lee or Ava DuVernay or any number of African-American artists. I have leaned in my entire life. I have been a creative force from the time I was little enough to proclaim myself one. (laughs) And I will tell you unequivocally, leaning in doesn't do it. And I bought Miss Sandberg's book back when it was published. I read it cover to cover. I was ready to say, yes, if we all lean in and everybody knows that more women have to be hired, we can do this. Granted, it was after the 2008 election, which was um, starkly, uh, which starkly showed us just how negative publicity is on women in public as opposed to men in public. Um, and when when Sandberg uh, started working on this whole lean in idea, and I, I really I watched it, I followed it, I I listened to the tenets of it. Now, one of the things that is a problem for me is, uh, is as an artist, it's completely, it's just a completely different environment because you have to create your own stuff, as a cr- your, own, uh, your own work product as a, a creative artist in the 21st century. If you're waiting for someone to hand you a script, you're really in trouble. If you're waiting for someone to teach you how to write or, or market your, your stuff, your creative work, you're in trouble. You will have to be your engine. Now, more and more people are going to have to do this, and I warned you about this even before the coronavirus really uh, spread. I warned you that with artificial intelligence and the changing in the economic world, a lot of businesses are going to uh, are going to go by the wayside. Well, now we know hundreds of businesses won't come back. Minimum wage jobs won't come back. Even with even let's say something happened and we got universal basic income, which I'm not holding my breath on right now, uh, even if we got that, people got that, that's not enough. You're still going to need more money. The government, the government can't, can't uh, solidify your life. You are going to have to be creative. And that is, includes if you're a teacher, whatever you do, uh, the world is going to make you be more creative. Now, so I followed, I followed Sheryl Sandberg. I read her book. And when I got ready to move across the country, one of the first books I ditched was the Lean In book. And I wholly concur with Mrs. Obama's uh, harsh judgment of Ms. Sandberg's Lean In. It is, in my opinion, a farce, made worse by the fact that Sheryl Sandberg has done absolutely nothing as far as the public can see. Now, maybe there's things in closed doors that she's been railing about, and we've, I've read a few things, but she has done nothing to step out and show what female leadership, a woman's leadership would be as opposed to a man's. Now, granted, she was the first woman put on Facebook's board. Now, tech is notoriously bro. It's, it's notoriously uh, negative towards women. It's sexist. It's misogynist. The money that comes out of uh, the tech world is, is uh, you know, uh, geared toward men. They're trying to do it better. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, wild uh, stories about parties where if, if you want to be, be considered for, for funds, uh, venture capital funds, you've you got to saddle up to the boys and, 
there's just terrible things out of Silicon Valley, and it's a long time before that place will be uh, egalitarian. But Sheryl Sandberg has disgraced herself. They, they need to get rid of Mark Zuckerberg. What he did in, in the 2016 election, I don't care who you voted for. This is not a partisan issue. This is a, a free and fair elections issue. This is a disinformation alert because Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are colluding with enemies of the American idea and the, and the idea of America. That's wh- and they're still doing that by allowing gratuitous posts. And she has done, as far as I'm concerned, not enough, nothing. She should be fired. Both of those two need to go for Facebook. Uh, she is rumored to be leaving Facebook in about a year. She should be fired long before that. She shouldn't be the first one fired. It should be Zuckerberg is the first one. But like, like that article said and many other articles, uh, he is protected. What she has done, though, is set up the fundamentals for the disciples of PowerPoint. To watch the world burning around you, including your own country, and the idea of your country is being uh, attacked, and to sit in your wealth and your white privilege and do nothing. You don't separate yourself from the company. You don't separate yourself from what they're doing. You stay and don't want to bubble. She needs to be fired because if she goes into democratic politics, she needs to have this stamped on her forehead that she was at Facebook at the time of the dissembling about America. She is part of this class. Now, I'm going to read you uh, uh, an op-ed from Kathy O'Neill of Bloomberg News, and this was on 6-9 of this year, Bloomberg Opinion. Facebook's leadership yet again displaying a spectacular failure to take responsibility for the monster it created. As President Donald Trump and others brazenly used the social network to spread misinformation and foment violence at protests against police brutality, Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg is clinging to the lame argument that he can't constitutionally do anything, even as other social media take action and his own top employees publicly object and quit in disgust. Amid the chaos, I find myself wondering... What is Sheryl Sandberg thinking? How does her famous quote-unquote lean-in philosophy apply to a situation like this? Facebook's chief operating officer, Sandberg, is supposed to be the adult in the room. She was brought in years ago to assure investors that Zuckerberg would have a competent second-in-command. She helped generate billions in advertising revenue and make the company's 2012 initial public offering hugely successful. More recently, she helped manage scandals involving Russian election meddling and user data harvesting by the political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica. Sandberg is also the self-fashioned champion executive suite women of executive suite women. Her best-selling 2013 book, Lean In, spawned a global community offering advice in areas such as tips for getting a raise or, quote-unquote, how to get control of your free time. 
the general idea is that although there might be systematic problems women can individually overcome them with a ton of grit and hard work this is where I add an ex expletive oh god so continuing on so what's the lean in approach to this particular disaster for insight I turn to a video called dealing with challenges as a female leader frame and overcome them featuring Joanna Barsh director emeritus at McKinsey company here are my three main takeaways this is again Cheryl <laughs> well it's from Bluebird be self-aware in moments of upset or challenge think about what in you is triggered pause and step out to determine what kind of experience you want to have engage with what you choose to believe get in touch with what you truly want be adaptable you might not get the outcome you want but you will get the experience you choose Turn difficult situations into learning ones or even opportunities. Cool. So now let's try to get into Sandberg's brain and imagine how she's applying this wisdom. What's triggering you? Standing by while an unhinged U.S. president sows discord and stoked violent clashes doesn't seem to do it. Maybe it's those pesky critics with their pleas to act responsibly. What do you truly want? I'll go with a higher self here. To that end, what could be better than fomenting partisan rage and mopping up the political ad proceeds? How to turn this difficult situation into an opportunity? See one and two above. Leaning in seems premised on the idea that if women can simply buy into the sanctity of the profit motive, they will be amply rewarded in kind. It leaves out important things like having genuine human reactions to bad ideas, overruling idiots, and being moral. When Sandberg says we need more women leaders, I can't help but ask, leading what and to what end? In this case, real leadership would at the very least involve public disavowal of Zuckerberg's irresponsible stance. This column does not necessarily reflect the opinion of the B Bloomberg board, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is so important, what this business columnist said. Really, you've got you to pause on this. Think about what in you is triggered. Okay, since we're, we're, we're talking about Black Lives Matter in this world and, and the triggering that's going on and the, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, that's, that's the phrase that Twitter went berserk over and finally called the, 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 the president to account. That's the one that Zuckerberg had no problem with. This comes from a racist in Florida uh, back in the late 60s, and they had no problem with, with this. So let me ask you, what is being triggered by black women when they watch uh, news about Breonna Taylor being an EMT a trained EMT being murdered in her bed. What's being triggered? How does this lean-in strategy for that? How do black women respond by leaning in? Pause and step out to determine what kind of experience you want to have. What kind of experience do you want to have, Ms. Sandberg, as you, as you dissect what happened to Breonna Taylor and the police brutality that, that uh, the man in the White House is stoking? 
and you are allowing uh, Mark Zuckerberg to look the other way from because you want to make more money. Let's see. Get in, t get in touch with what you truly want. Engage with what you choose to believe. Okay, what do you choose to believe? Okay, you don't. You want to be a leader, so you're going to say that Brianna Taylor. This was all a bad mistake. There are good people on both sides. Let's move on and find a way to meet together. Uh 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 uh. You'll find out why in a minute. There's another disciple of power paradigm that emphasizes this. But this is, to me, this is the leader of the disciple of power because of the power Sheryl Sandberg has without anyone around her, her basic power in the tech world. She started Google Advertising. She is the first woman chairman of the board. If women are going to act like this when they get in leadership positions, this is a, this is a liberal woman that, that may have a, a political career. I think she lives in California. But a long time ago, I started looking at Sheryl Sandberg, and I started saying, what is she selling? And then 2016 hit, and the Russians came calling. And my, my personal page, I had, I had bots on it constantly, constantly. I had to monitor it until I finally had to just quiet it, and now my author page I monitor. But these people, the board of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, those two people in particular, they own what happened with Russia in 2016, and they own what's happening right now with the incitement on their site that they are allowing, the lies that they are allowing from prominent people. You know, Mark Zuckerberg had a, had a conversation with Trump. Mark Zuckerberg and his wife are upset about what they what they hear. Well, I wonder how their, uh, what, you know, uh, is it Chan and Zuckerberg investment fund? I don't know. They have some sort of investment fund. I got to tell you, if you have a lot of money, that's not where you put your funds. They have their eye on the wrong ball. 2020 is a seminal year. This is when you, all of us find out who we are and what we want. We have a chance to get rid of a white nationalist and his supremacist-leaning supporters, white men and white women. And Sheryl Sandberg can vote for a Democrat all she wants, but she is stoking the flames of white nationalism by her silence on the Facebook board and by not doing a press conference and saying, I have a strong dif disagreement with Mark Zuckerberg and I am stepping down early. And then the board needs to grab their spines, if they still have any, and they need to fire this man. Mark Zuckerberg is not competent enough, this is my opinion, to run this in a highly charged, volatile, Black Lives Matter versus white confederacy that is rising up through a president who either is too ignorant to know what he's doing or knows what he's doing, and just wants to hear the, the, the cheers of the crowd, or is too unfit and is being uh, handed things to say just to hear the crowd. 
she is one of the main disciples of the power camp. And she needs to be held to account. And she should never hold. She should never hold a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives or Senate. And my guess would be she's looking at Dianne Feinstein's uh, Senate seat. She is not fit to serve in the Senate if she does not come out and stand with Black Lives Matter against this company, profiting off the, off the harm they're doing to the American idea. This is my opinion. I have been furious about this for a long time. I don't think she, uh, she's the first person, first woman that needs to have a reckoning. There's so many other Karens that don't have this kind of power. This woman has the power to change the world through Facebook ads. And what they're doing around the world, they know they are incited in reports I've read in different countries, including our own. And they choose to look the other way and say it's not our job to police truth or police this. They need to be regulated. They need to be broken up. And the first pe person that needs to go is Zuckerberg, and the second is Sheryl Sandberg. Now, there's a woman that um, should get all of our respect who is the disciple of the power I mean, she's a Harvard graduate, she's a lawyer, and she has a law degree. She even did a stint at Oxford. She's articulate, she's gorgeous, and I want to tell you a little bit about this Karen. Her name is Kaylee McEnany. After graduating in 2010, she worked for three years as a production assistant at Fox News from Mike Huckabee. In 2012, she wrote a tweet about Barack Obama, the country's first black president, that, was that has come back to haunt her. Quote, how I met your brother, never mind, forgot he's still in that hut in Kenya. Hashtag Obama TV show. This is back when, Kel uh, when Kaylee McEnany was part of the outrage machine. Uh, she was a political commentator. And she got very popular on Fox. So I'm going to read you a little bit about, uh, about Kelly McEnany. Uh, the acceptable, quote unquote, face of Trumpism who infuriates liberals. This is from The Guardian. Uh, she doesn't really infuriate me. I actually feel sorry for her. I feel sorry for her because she has all this uh, she has the education, she has the intelligence, she has the looks, she has the presence to have her own power in her own right. But what she wants is to be seen on television being a front broad for the psychopath in chief, the man in the White House, who is saying that Confederate military bases named for soldiers who were incompetent, drunk, idiots, should stay on these military bases. And Kelly McEnany was, quote unquote, the acceptable face because when people started going on, you know, Jeffrey Lloyd and all these people started going on TV, uh, especially on Fox, but also CNN, uh, touting Trump, they would say the dumbest things. 
Well, that, that education at Harvard and Oxford pays off. This is a very bright woman making very, very dumb choices, except she can be the Trump girl at OAMN. It was a mic drop designed to thrill conservatives and infuriate liberals in the media. Haley McEnany, the latest White House press secretary aiming to become the acceptable face of Trumpism, had been asked if she wanted to take back a bold prediction in February that, quote, we will not see diseases like the coronavirus come here. It goes on and on. And with a triumphant smile, she stepped away from the lectern, ignoring shouted questions. Reporters were wore surprised and stony faces, then relaxed into wry smiles. It was a classic piece of whataboutism as practiced by pundits on cable news. The TV president now has a TV emissary, a spokesperson, who sometimes takes her eyes off the reporters in the room and looks directly into the camera. McEnany has shown what the president likes to call, quote-unquote, center casting, a polished performer, devout Christian, and devout Trumpism, and she is only 32. Haley McEnany, beautiful Christian conservative designed by nature to enrage MSNBC viewers. Read it on Stitcher, a right-wing author and commentator referred to the liberal-leaning network whose hosts often eviscerate the president. But to critics, McEnany is a Trump apologist trying to explain the inexplicable and excuse the inexcusable. They characterize her as an opportunist motivated by fame and power rather than any ideological faith. They say she has abandoned her religious principles to normalize a president widely condemned as a misogynist and racist. Uh, but in 2015, McEnany received some intriguing career advice over cocktails. A fellow, uh, a gentleman, a fellow summer associate uh, at a law firm and a Democrat. In an interview with the New York Times, he recalled telling her, quote, Donald Trump is going to be uh, your nominee, adding that if, quote, a smart, young, Harvard graduate blonde wanted to get on television ha and have a career as a political pundit, you would be wise to be an early backer, McEnany would say. Networks were struggling to find eloquent champions of the Trump cause, but she footed the bill. She became a paid contributor on CNN, feeding the outrage machine and the concept of cable news as combat sports. Um, a, a political commentator acquainted with McEnany, who did not wish to be named, said, quote, they brought her on board when it became pretty clear that there were few people who were willing to defend Donald Trump that were somewhat sane. Uh, most people who were credible and experienced were not willing to put their names or reputations on the line to defend Donald Trump's crazy gifts during 2016. McEnany had described Trump's comments about Mexican migrants as racist, that's a quote, and dis dismissed him as a quote-unquote showman. She quickly changed her tune. The source said, she is unrecognizable. If you were to read or listen to her words prior to her decision to sell her soul and jump on the Trump train, she is a completely different person. Now, as an aside, I, uh, the Lincoln Project has a new ad out about Lindsey Graham. Same type of thing. Opportunity. And the, p the point I'm making is 
It's not that she couldn't have her own. She couldn't get on TV. What she wanted is the notoriety. She wanted to get on TV. Nothing wrong with that. But you have to ask yourself, when she declares she goes into this Christian, it's a, it's a cult of Christianity that blocks out Trump's irreligious um, sacrilege that fulminates from the White House every day. These convenient Christians who block out the actual golden rule and Jesus Christ's teachings, these Christians say, you know, I, I, I love Jesus, and th they, they love Jesus, but they don't want to follow his teachings. What they want to do is tell you, oh, you think Trump's bad. What about these people who said the same thing or did the same thing? They didn't think the, the coronavirus one was going to be a big deal. So you can't blame just Trump. You have to blame them, too. Okay, blame them both, but let's get back to the other thing with tr Trump being racist. You can have that, but Trump is racist. And if you're defending a racist, if you're defending a man who is pro the Confederacy, you are pro Confederacy. You can't say, this is my job and I do it. This is politics, not Starbucks. People go into politics. There, are, there is ideology attached to a Republican administration that is pro-Confederacy. Everyone in this Trump administration is now drenched in a, in a coat of the Confederate flag. She might as well wear it out to the podium. This is what she stands for. When Trump stands out and says, the police aren't the problem. We all have to come together, and, it, and it's a terrible thing, but we need to come together. Not we need to change and see what happens. There are people that died this weekend. A guy was shot in a, in a, in a hamburger joint. A, a young man was dragged out of his car driving while black in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's online on Twitter. This is still happening. While she's standing up there, a Harvard grad, Oxford, this woman knows what he's doing, is against every Christian tenet there is. That's why he's bleeding evangelicals. Sure, they'll get their judges, but they will have to own this. Every, it's 2016 is gone. Sheryl Sandberg has has the, the information to know what Facebook did in 2016. She has the information, and she knows what Facebook is doing right now. Another disciple of the Pyro Karens knows what she's saying from the podium. Some of the things aren't true. It's not that she said the first press briefing, I will never lie to you. She's gaslighting America every day single day. When the gentleman activist, the 75-year-old man, was pushed down and Trump tweeted out it might, he might have done it on purpose, he might have per some nonsense about he fell hard on purpose because somebody at this, this weird network, One American News Network, said that he might have provoked the police. She said that Trump was just asking questions. Maybe he was doing that. 
she should not comment or say the president speaks for himself next question the press secretary is never supposed to lie you tell the truth slowly maybe as one of bill clinton's former press secretary secretaries said but it is never supposed to be used to lie that happened during vietnam they lied all the time she knows she's lying it's against christian tenets to lie it's even worse when you're lying to the american people and she knows it don't believe her this this double talk, this double speak, just understand this is a Harvard graduated woman. She is smart. She is wicked smart, smart enough to know that I'm gorgeous, I can get on camera, and I can have a different kind of career, a broadcasting career doing this for Trump. Maybe once he's slaughtered in, at the voting booth in November, she'll end up on Trump TV. But her hypocrisy will be there. She will have to undo this at some point. She will have to admit at some point. Because you can't say these things. Say that he's not hurting African Americans, that the man in the White House is not a racist. He is a white nationalist. He is pro-Confederacy. These people, the Confederacy, they fought against the United States, the Union of the United States, because they wanted to keep their enslaved people. They are traitors to this country, and they should, not, they should be put in history. I'm not asking you to wipe it out. I'm from St. Louis. Do you know how many KKK members come from Missouri? All the racism in Missouri? I'm saying it should be put in historic con context, regardless of what is being spewed from the White House briefing room every day. This is a woman who knows better. This is a woman who is a disciple of Karen because she is an elite white woman attached to the President of the United States. She has the power to tell him people are hurting. African Americans and, and Hispanics, Asian Americans are hurting by this. Our troops have been demoralized by the public stunt of Trump molesting a Bible. And now he's telling our troops that incompetent, drunk, incompetent, I just can't get off that word, our Confederate Army generals that fought against the United States and lost. These losers, all the Joint Chiefs have come out and said that they are, the military is never supposed to be in between the citizenry and the chief executive, that the military is to represent the Constitution, something that the president evidently doesn't, uh, doesn't appreciate. And McEnany is soiling from the briefing room. She is privileged, she knows the truth, and she is leading this country away from a democratic republic by her performances. She is making this country a more dangerous place, and she's doing it through choice. She's doing it because she wants to be on camera. Fine, be on camera. Tell the truth. 
You cannot claim the mantle of moral, morality and ethics when you lie daily or you lie by omission or you don't answer. She knows. Don't you believe it? She knows. And so do we. And I have to include another Karen. I really do. The next disciples of power Karen is Ivanka Trump. And I'm reading from an article by Emily Jane Fox. It's entitled The Parallel Universe of Ivanka Trump, America's Disassociated Princess. And I'm skipping forward to the what happened this week. And her dissociative ability played out again over the weekend. The controversy unfolded on Thursday when Wichita State University Tech decided it would not air a speech that Ivanka had pre-recorded for its virtual graduation ceremony on Saturday. The school made the decision after students and staff condemned the White House's response to the protest in the wake of George Floyd's killing. Ivanka had been asked to deliver the address in February and she recorded the address, which largely talked about the coronavirus and did not address matters of race before the protests began. Let me go down to the end of my page. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Page has got other lines. Here we go. Our nation's campuses should be bastions of free speech. Cancel culture and viewpoint discrimination are antithetical to academia, she posted on Friday. Listening to one another is important now more than ever, exclamation point. In the video itself, she called students, quote-unquote, wartime graduates, and focused almost entirely on the global pandemic, giving them three pieces of advice that she found helpful, particularly as COVID-19 persisted, to replace handshakes with phone calls or kind thoughts, to make a resolution to either pick up new habits or get rid of structure, and forge new paths as economic uncertainty rears. Toward the end, she told graduates, quote, I found that my greatest personal growth has arisen from times of discomfort and uncertainty. I wonder how many black men she's seen murdered by the police on video. That's for sure. Going on. Immediately, her remarks caught ire online. The hashtag, by Ivanka, trended. Part of what hit a nerve was blaming her quote-unquote cancel culture as the reason why students would not want to hear from a member of the Trump administration on a day that's supposed to be about them and their accomplishments. Firstly, what were diverse students from the middle of the country going to learn from Ivanka Trump, a white, rich, White House advising first daughter about racial protests and police brutality? And secondly... You get canceled for a comment, not for a full presidential term. Students were not shutting her or her ideas out without hearing them from her or because they blindly hate her or her father, as she intimated. Her ideas are impossible to shut out because she is one of the most powerful people in this country. They already knew how Ivanka responded to this moment, and that response was enough to understand where she stood. And where she stood was so clear because it was intentionally, internationally televised. She was part of a brain trust 
that had urged her father to hold a photo op outside of St. John's Church across from the White House last week. She had urged him to pose with a Bible, a Bible that she handed him from her now iconic bright white $1,540 Max Mara purse for a media opportunity that required law enforcement officers to clear peaceful protesters from the area with riot gear and chemical irritants. Students at WSU Tech had already listened to her and they had rejected it. That is not cancel culture. That is the American political system at work. Ivanka didn't address the movement, which will define this moment and a generation in her speech. She had recorded it before the protest started. Of course she could have recorded it to, to address these ideas, but she put it out into the world as she originally recorded it. Let me say that again. Our, I'm, I'm, this is Emily Fox's article on Vanity Fair. Of course she could have re-recorded it to address these ideas, but she put it out into the world as she'd originally recorded it without any mention of the issue most pressing, pressing and sensitive at the moment. With a flag behind her, speaking of personal growth through difficulty that in that well-modulated voice, she seemed to be in a completely different world. It's at that moment Ivanka, the most powerful and privileged among us, asked students struggling in this moment to listen to her. She told them that they could learn from her, that hearing her commencement congratulations could lead to their greatest moments of personal growth. Maybe she is more like her father than I thought. <laughs> Emily Jane Fox nailed it in that. And she is the third and most obsequious, privileged parent, the, the lead disciple of the power parents, the Trumps, coteries who gaslight the country, who look at African Americans and say, nah, the Confederacy really wasn't that bad, and let's all come together and just say, it was icky over there, and we're just going to move forward now. How about honoring John Lewis? How about honoring anybody but the Confederate generals who stood against the United States? The white nationalists who supported the man in the White House in 2016, the white nationalists who are the domestic terrorists like the Ku Klux Klan who is still not deemed a terrorist organization, Boogaloo Boys, uh, you can say all, I named so many in my thriller Citizens Tate, which is all about a white supremacist president in the White House who's a lot smarter than Donald Trump and keeps it hushed and, and lets all his, his male young people do the damage to the country. Sheryl Sandberg owes more to her country than she has gifts. Haley McEnany wants to be a media broadcast star. 
She doesn't care that she has no ethics, no morals, and is a liar. We know who she is. And Ivanka Trump is a privileged daughter of a white nationalist who won't call Black Lives Matter what it is. The most tectonic moment in the history of the United States of America to enslave black people from the time of 1619 built this country, the founding buildings of this country, even the White House, we still aren't equal. All the people out there who are demonstrating Black Lives Matter, this is their moment. It is not the moment that people live listen to Ivanka Trump. We have to listen to Kayla McEnany, but we shouldn't be, these are white women that should know better and understand that we're the people, white women, that are gonna tear this male supremacy apart from the seams, from the roots, deep inside the interior of this country, and it's not coming back. Register, vote, it's up to us. You've been listening to Sacred to Psychic. I'm Taylor Marsh. You can reach me at www.taylormarsh.com. And remember, it's not fate. It's your choices. 